Hey everybody, welcome to uh, the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. Uh, it's finally here. Collision happened this weekend, and now we are in the era of where we are covering Collision. Will it be an A show like Dynamite? Will it quickly descend into the depths of Rampage Dumb? <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll find out. I would say, well, you know, we'll talk about it. But, uh, uh, you know, I'm joined here by Jenny. Hello. Who didn't remember her name for a second there. And 115 miles to my southwest, it's Megan. Hello. Megan, was it fun to watch a show and know that you didn't have to, like, lead the discussion on it later? Oh, my gosh, yes. The pressure to take notes is one I self, was, like, self-imposed, but it feels so nice not to do it. No, I get it. Um, you know, we, this is, you know, this is now a second weekly show, at least for the time being. And, uh, you know, you might think like, oh, well, you're not going to pop two things in a week, right? You fucking bet we are. It is the Elite Beat Pop of the Week. Jenny, what do you got? I've got a Diet Dr. Pepper. Yeah. We popped something (laughs) nice earlier in the day. Before the camera was on. Yeah, happy Father's Day to any uh, any uh, papas out there. Earlier today, though, we did have a... Libart Regionaire. Champagne. It was delicious. Yep. Jenny, can I just say, that was a very good crack way to open that can. <laughs> Thank you. And that was my Diet Coke. Huh. It's weird that the crack sounded so similar there, even though Andy opened one and I opened one. Your skill level at opening cans is exactly equal, I think. (laughs) Okay, well, I don't have a can, but I have the end of a bottle of bourbon called Oak and Eden, and it's, it's in bottle finished, which means there's this, like, literal piece of toasted oak floating around in it. Oh my god, there is. There's tree in that bottle. There is tree in the bottle, and I think that's pretty cool, and it's pretty tasty, so I'm gonna... Ooh, that was not a sound. It didn't really make a sound. I think it's too low, but that's what I'm gonna be sipping on while we talk about collision. That's really cool that they just put a whole branch in there. I mean, it's it's not like they ripped a branch off a tree, but like it's like a spiral cut piece of oak, apparently. Looks pretty neat. Yeah. Makes sense that, you know, have to have a gimmick to get people to drink bourbon. How dare you? Oh, it just came out of the bottle into my cup. That's cool. Well, that's where you wanted it, right? Uh, no, it's not like a cinnamon stick. <laughs> it will only get in my way. I'll just pop that right back in. Okay. And I'm good. All right, cool. Well... Let's talk about some stuff. I think the best place to start, and now typically this is going to be a... uh, The best place to start is to let everyone know that Saturday night's all right for fighting. Saturday night's uh, all right. uh, Okay, we could could start there. Uh, I was going to save that for when we began the recap of the show. But uh, I thought that's what we were doing. (laughs) No, that's okay. Yeah, that (laughs) that did come out ahead of time. Uh, I think I sent you guys that tweet from Tony Khan maybe like the day before or something like that or the afternoon of. But anyway. So that's yes. technically news. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, Tony Khan licensed Elton John's Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting as the theme song for Collision. 
which breaks the tradition of AEW show themes having the name of the show in the, in, in the song. Yeah, but like Elton John's way better. So Yeah, I think it's totally worth it to break that theme yeah. because they're still saying Saturday, so it's like not the name of the show, but it is it is tied to the show. Right. But you know, light the fuse, bring the boom, dynamite, and rampage baby are, you know, very, very like the you know what you're watching. <clears throat> yeah, but those aren't licensed songs by uh an artist at the level of Elton John, so uh I still think this is a win. Okay. Also, I like that Tony's dropping money on music and um little disappointed now that Daniel Bryan never got a chance to, you know, have the final countdown. Yeah. I think uh, he should license all of Elton John's songs. Just use them throughout the shows. Just like purchase the entire catalog. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm sure Elton would be up for that. Yeah. More money for him. <laughs> So, um, because we do a show on Thursday covering a uh, show that takes place on Wednesday, I don't know how much news we're going to get into on a regular basis on this show. But, because I think, you know, in large part because it was the first one, uh, CM Punk did one bit of press before the show uh, in order to promote it and, you know, remind people that I'm actually going to be here. Um uh, and that was with uh, ESPN's Mark Ramondi. And you both read the article. And I have to say, and I, granted, this is CM Punk and CM Punk interview where he is telling things from this perspective of CM Punk. However, uh, if things happened the way that he said they did with him and Hangman Page, which is that he and Hangman Page agreed upon what was going to be said in their promo segment leading up to their match at Double or Nothing 2022. And then Hangman Page, because he was angry with CM Punk over his belief that CM Punk caused Colt Cabana to be no longer, you know, at Dynamite every week. uh, He basically double-crossed him on the promo segment and threw in that line about workers' rights and things like that. If all of that is true, then it does, I think, significantly recolor the inciting incident of this whole thing. It does, and like I told you after reading that article, I did soften a little bit on Punk. Um, I still think it's really douchey to pull that shit at a press conference. And also, I still think that if he hadn't done anything, like even if he felt slighted, if he had not reacted publicly the way he did, probably no one would have like no one would have gotten that except him and you know people on the roster it could have been much more contained than like the public explosion that it was yeah, yeah. i mean it's a it's a lot of ifs mm-hmm. to know exactly what what happened um but yeah agreed it's a it puts it in a different light but i mean hangman is such a much more likable character than cm punk Okay. I feel like Punk always feels like he's coming from like the the underdog position and it's just like he's so famous now that that's just not the case. Like I think it's a matter of you've gotten to a point where you don't need to fight every battle. You're good. Like 
now that scales have tipped and maybe you show more um like respond maturity and grace by like letting it go and not going hard for the person you think wronged you yeah uh i mean yeah there's no this in no way excuses anything that happened later in no. the summer and you know cm punk in that interview even said as much about about the press conference at least because he he said that he apologized to tony khan and told him that he was completely out of line for doing that um however he does he does seem he does really seem to have this mentality about the locker room fight that it's a it was it was kind of like a almost like a boys will be boys like you know yeah. it happened we need to get over it kind of thing which is like i don't know like he he basically told them to come see him in the press conference they came with the head of legal and then a huge fight broke <laughs> so i it's not i don't i don't think that's it's not just say like tensions had been building and you know and like a couple of punches were thrown and then we had beers afterwards it wasn't one of those things you know yeah it was like uh like assault <laughs> like you yeah. and like it sounds like nobody really tried to de-escalate it once it started it was not like hey i obviously we weren't there but like it really seems that if a steel bit kenny's arm to the level he did um that side appeared to be all in as well as pardon the pun but you know it didn't seem like anybody was necessarily pulling back and they're all adult men and should know better because it's literally like charges could be pressed for what happened it's nice that they didn't but you're you're at a place in life where you shouldn't be doing this shit <laughs> yeah they're all old enough they're all supposed to be professionals it should never become a physical altercation yeah so um yeah so basically like he gave this big interview and it was a long interview it was a long article and and on espn.com yeah it was um good article though i thought it was i, I enjoyed reading it uh, mark Ramondi does good work and i i did leave it feeling a little less negative about punk than i had been heading into this like you said megan um but uh but yeah um i, I thought it was I, I thought it was interesting just seeing some of that perspective and the, and the main and the, the number one thing i took away from it which is something that i think all three of us have been saying pretty much since the beginning of this story is that ultimately this is a failure on the part of tony khan this whole thing yes that yep you know if, if there were known issues between hangman page and cm punk dating back to may of 2022 why were those not dealt with by september of 2022 when cm punk is going off on that microphone and you know about his issues and and basically and punk said in the interview like nothing has been done about this still to, to this day you know like there's we haven't dealt with it so yep i mean well you saw tony Khan's face in that scrum i think yeah. that just is like a snapshot of his management style <laughs> silent wide-eyed just watching everything burn around him <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, man, jeez, oh boy, can you imagine? Like, I, I know, you know, I, I really like this company. I really like the product they put out, 
but the luckiest thing that ever happened to them was signing that TV deal at the beginning of January of 2020, because if, if they had not done that before the pandemic, I don't think they'd be, I don't think they'd exist right now. Mm. Yeah. It, Cause yeah. I don't think, I don't know. I don't know that he would have had, <laughs> unless his father was just willing to like dump infinite money into this thing. I don't think he would have been able to like push the company through a, through a, uh, pandemic and you know get another tv deal and somewhere else you know yeah especially since like the reason the main reason he got the first tv deal is because his buddy worked at warner brothers you right. know so i don't know yeah. but now he's gotten this other tv deal you know i'm yeah but i i don't know like i'm kind of i'm kind of down on uh tony khan's management abilities right now oh i totally agree with that yeah. like i think from a like setting the tone at the top like leadership of like talent and and employees he leaves so much to be desired like it's it's just kind of a trash can fire it feels like um but i do think he has some business sense yeah well that's the thing is uh, where does someone where do people like christopher daniels and um oh, i forgot the other guy lynn Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn. And even um ugh, third guy worked with Jericho, older. Dean Malenko. Uh-huh. Um, aren't they like sort of so supposed to be in like a talent relations role? Like, does that cover this sort of like infighting basically? Should they be part of this? I mean, to what extent would they need to be involved versus like what Tony, I guess, thinks he's in charge of? I don't know, because I don't know if those guys, like, aside from Daniels, who is the head of talent relations, I don't know if the others are in talent relations or not. They might just be producers. Um, but, you know, here's another thing. If, if you'll remember, how many times have we talked about on the show wrestlers who used to be in AEW who basically said, like, yeah, they just stopped communicating with me at a certain point, and they paid me until my contract was up, but then it was like, it was over. Like we heard that from Marco Stunt. We heard that from um, oh, who was the other guy? Uh, there, Joey Janela. Joey Janela. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there were a few examples over the years where it's like they just ghosted them. Yeah. And it's Brian not like Cage was over here being like, "Why are they signing me again?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why are they picking up my option? Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 very strange, like where the communication breakdown seemed to happen in this company, um, because it seems like that's. I mean, if you're Christopher Daniels and your job is the head of talent relations, it seems like Tony Khan should be the one telling you, like, okay, call Joey Janela, tell him, sorry, we're going to pay you out for the rest of your term, but like, we're you know, we're not going to assign you to a new deal, we're not going to offer you a new deal, and that's the end of it. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. it's it's that's a shitty part of your job to have to do that, but. That's, you know, somebody has to be, has to, you can't just ghost people. I mean, it's... Yeah. You can, but... It's almost worse than sending a trash bag of their clothes to them in the mail. <laughs> they, yeah. At least they got their stuff back, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, it's, um, I guess, I was just thinking, like, if Christopher Daniels is not in that position, and maybe you're right, it is a communication breakdown, but, like, Tony could c- maintain his, like, 
super tight control over storylines that it seems like he is most concerned with, you know, playing with his action figures, but also hire someone to manage, you know, like do the more businessy sort of stuff and not lose control and like how he directs the company. I just don't understand why you wouldn't. If you don't like doing that stuff, which I get the impression Tony Khan doesn't because he looks like a deer in the headlights every time he has to like deal with conflict and he pops off on Twitter like a nut. Um, <laughs> well, but like Megan, like if that's not the role of the head of talent relations, then what is like? Yeah, I, you're you're probably right. It is probably the communication thing. And like yeah. <laughs> maybe he needs like a freaking like personal assistant to follow him around and just record all of the shit he says offhand and then like make sense of it and then go tell all the people that need to be told it because it doesn't seem like it's impossible to manage people a lot of companies do it uh you know just like this should not have gone on hr that's a thing right you're you're like not supposed to fight with your coworkers in the back even if you're in like a fighting profession yeah they uh they need an HR department if they don't have one, and if they have one, they uh certainly need to make some changes to it. Yeah. All right. Um, another thing to mention, news-wise, before we start, is uh the announced team for. Oh, Jenny had a sneeze. Gotta pause that. <laughs> the announced team for Collision is Kevin Kelly. Nigel McGinnis, and uh, what has been described by some as a what is going to be a rotating third chair, uh, Jeff Bacalar style. And uh, so it's not supposed to be Jim Ross permanently, but he was announced for the first show. Unfortunately, uh, Jim Ross fell um, oh. that day. Um, he, he ended up, he, so he had a really bad black eye. He ended up going to the show anyway and, and doing it, but he was like, he was having trouble talking. Um, it's, it's like the third fall he's had in the last oh. few years. Um, JR. he, uh, he tweeted out after the show, um, uh, where's the tweet? Uh, I apologize for the way I sounded tonight. Going to step away to heal. Thanks for your support. Oh, well, I, I hope that he, I, I hope his health, he, he recovers from his health and, and he, uh, he heals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So Kevin Kelly also is the English language voice of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm. Uh, he will be continuing in that role, including uh, doing live commentary for the entire G1 tournament next month, um, which, of course, means that there'll be some Saturdays where he will not be available. And I believe, I'm not sure, but I believe Ian Riccoboni of Ring of Honor will be filling in with Nigel as the collision lead anchor on those nights. Well, they seem like they'll be a good team. That's who I was kind of hoping for anyway, is, is for, I thought like, Oh, this would be a good, like step up opportunity for Rick Abani, you know? Yeah. He's like, he seems like he has an endless like font of energy. <laughs> he's always so hyped up when he comes for the ROH matches. Uh, so I think he and Nigel would compliment each other. And I love Nigel too. I thought Nigel and Kevin Kelly worked well together. I just want like a, I like how AEW announced teams are pretty normal, you know? Well, yeah, here's, I do, here's what I like. And, you know, like kind of, um, 
stepping on the recap a little bit, but just I thought I think Excalibur is like and, and like Taz and Tony energy, 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 mm-hmm. and Kevin and Nigel are like way more laid back. And yeah. Like so, and and I kind of I don't know, like that's I feel like that's kind of the way the shows felt too, at least on night one, because you know you open with a long CM Punk promo. It's you know, and 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 you just got like, I don't know, like it seemed like it was. We'll get into it, but they they did feel like different shows to me on on week one at least. Yeah, which in a way is, I think, what you want. But like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, just I don't want to watch Dynamite and Dynamite Junior every week, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just I can't get over how much when we watch random WWE pay per views for fun or like you tell me to watch a show here and there. I, it's like assault on my ears <laughs> when I have to listen to their announcing. I'm like, Oh no, I don't like this. Like I like, I like my AEW where people aren't their characters, but not characters, you know? And it's, I'm just glad that collision maintains that level of, I don't know, not grading on my soul. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a couple more news items. Uh, Chris Hero was backstage at Collision, and uh, they're kind of trying him out as a producer. That's so exciting for him. I'm glad. Yeah, I want he. You know, it's been years since he was cut by NXT. I'm I'm surprised that this is the first look he's gotten from AEW. I don't know. I don't know what's been going on with, like, why? You know, why? Like, <laughs> didn't he go back into like doing indies? Did he go overseas or or something? I thought he got back into wrestling. In he some did. He's, he's the booker for a company out in California, I believe, which I think he's going to keep doing because, you know, well, you know, because this is a trial basis right now. But I just, you know, it doesn't seem like booking an indie that runs like monthly is is going to be is going to be you know keep you from working for AEW if you want to. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, and then. Last thing, uh, Bandito uh, wrestled Kenosuke Takeshi on Rampage and unfortunately broke his wrist and is going to need um, surgery. So he will be out for... Apparently he's getting a second opinion, um, but uh, it's, he'll probably need surgery and then, you know, would miss, like, I don't know. That's probably... Got, got to figure that's at least a couple months out. Ugh, that sucks. He was on such a tear there, it seemed like. Yeah, yeah. Um, that rampage was actually really good with that match, and then the um, the opener with United Empire. Yeah, and he had been on the previous rampage too, right? Like he was part of, like yeah, he teamed up with Lucha Bros, right? Yeah, because I think I started watching that one on accident. And I was <laughs> like, wait a minute, this <laughs> is old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, so that's like the main news coming out of, uh, you know, since, since we last spoke, I guess. Uh, so let's just, let's do it. Let's get right into the, uh, the collision. I almost said dynamite, but it's not dynamite. Uh, this is Chicago, Illinois and CM Punk is out at the very beginning, just like he was on the second episode of Rampage. And, uh, our baby is decided to sleep instead of eating her bottle is that right jenny is that why you're yep what's well, how much is guess she got left 60 um, or 60, 60 milliliters? milliliters jesus okay 
<laughs> not even halfway there. Ugh, baby. I still envy that eat and sleep lifestyle. Ugh. Yeah. Enjoy it while you can, baby. It's a pretty good lifestyle. Um, so CM- yeah, I was going to say, CM Punk, the crowd. The crowd would not shut up unless he came out. Yeah, they were, yes. Uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was definitely the right thing to do to bring him out first. Um, he cut a long promo. It was, it was very well executed. Um, it was, it, it's one of those promos where, like, I feel like in most cities, you would say that's a heel promo, and, yeah. and it probably would be based on how the crowd might respond to it. But it worked in Chicago, and he had a line about how David Zaslov, which is a name that we should all get used to, because he is, uh, you know, he's the the money man at Burner Bros. Discovery, calls him One Bill Phil, because uh, he's the only genuine draw in a uh, industry full of counterfeit bucks. Shots fired. These guys are working together. Yeah. Okay, good. This is, this is so clear to me at this point. Yeah. Because if they're they not... Have, they have they have worked not. it out. I'm like, Megan, you and I talked about it last night. I'm sure they're not writing Christmas cards to each other, but they have realized that, like, it's it makes the most sense to, to you know, to actually, like, make some money out of this horrible situation. I mean, according to Punk himself, he is over it. He is apologetic. And the article, he said he apologized to Tony Khan, but he has not been in contact with any of the others because he implied they were, like, dodging him, basically. <laughs> so, like, well, he's not he been that, able to apologize. He said, that, he said that they're basically, like, he was told to stop reaching out to them by lawyers. I consider that a dodge if a lawyer has to step in and be like, don't talk to this person. <laughs> they're not seeking you out. So, uh, aside from that, the main... I thought the main thrust of the promo was that he had a bag with him and it contains, he didn't show it to us, but he said that it contains the uh, AEW world championship that he never lost. And he said, uh, not because I deserve it, but because I earned it and I didn't earn it by uh, having the best uh, bull rope match in history. But it was by winning the best bull rope match in history. So there's a little Dog shot at collar. JF. Dog collar match. Thank you. Yeah. That's right. It went Dustin Rhodes if it was a <laughs> bull <Yeah>. rope match. Um, <laughs> Wait, why is that a shot at MJF? Because MJF has been, part of his patter recently has been saying, like, I had the best the best uh, dog collar match, the best Iron Man match, and now the best four-way match, you know? And then Punk's point is like, well, great, great you had that match, but I won that match. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, the shot is fired because MJF is has the other championship, and CM Punk feels that that's illegitimate because he never lost the title. So, obviously, we are heading for, heading for a big collision with those two <laughs> somewhere down the road. Yep. Get rid of the BBB. It's ugly. I don't like it. Well, I think CM Punk would have to win for that to happen, though, Megan. I know, and you expressed to me yesterday while we were watching the show that that obviously is not going to happen anytime soon. I mean, I guess it could. I just don't. I don't know that I would, at this point, put the the forty uh, four year old injury prone CM Punk over my twenty six year old world champion MJF. Yeah, I mean, logically, I hear what you're saying. I just, I just, if they're going to unify it, I hate that that BBB. I think it's ugly. 
it'll go away one day. Uh, MJF's not going to die the champion. I thought it was a good promo, though. Yeah, it was it was compelling. And Chicago ate it up. They were very so happy. I did not think of this, but a few people have, I've seen this suggested a couple places and actually one place, uh, independently by our good friend, Jason Spencer came up with this idea, um, of what he thinks is going to happen at forbidden door, um, which would kind of help to escalate this CM Punk MJF thing. You know how like MJF last week told Renee, no, I'm not wrestling Tanahashi. That's ridiculous. But then later on, they just like had the match graphic. Yeah. Okay. Jason says he thinks what's going to happen is MJF is going to continue to say, like, I'm not doing it. And they're going to continue to promote it. And then at Forbidden Door on Sunday, one week from tonight, he's just not he's just going to no show. And then it's going to be like, oh, and then CM Punk's music will play. And then we get Punk versus Tanahashi, which was the main event of Forbidden Door that we were supposed to have last year. And then. It'll, and then Punk beats Tanahashi, and then it's like, oh, Punk showed up MJF because he took his spot and then, you know, and beat the guy. I like that. That yeah. seems cool. Logistically, yeah. are they allowed to promote it that way if that's what happens? Yeah. I mean, okay. yes. Like, I don't think anybody will be too upset. Everybody, I mean, everybody who's buying the show is buying it because of Danielson and Okada and Kenny and Osprey anyway. That's fair. Yeah. Unless there's like some big like hidden Jungle Boy and Sonata marks out there, just waiting in the pay per view universe to. Oh my god, that's my top match! Can't wait to see it. <laughs> <that lever>. um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, will be interesting because you know next week, next week's collision is in Toronto, and presumably Pepsi Phil will be there. And, it's his uh, show, right? He has to. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how they react to him there. Um, are ticket sales, um, any, are they better? <laughs> are they increasing? I uh, think I can actually give you the most recent count by Russell ticks on that. If you okay. give me a second, because, yeah. um, I was always worried about this one. Just like the, when we found out how close Hamilton was to Toronto, just because <laughs> they had already sold you know, Forbidden Door was in Toronto. Yeah. And uh, I think, like, the the Dynamite after Forbidden Door is also in Toronto. Yeah, so but that's, like... like <clears throat> that's kind of like WrestleMania, though, right? Where if you went to Forbidden Door, don't you kind of want to see, like, the fallout no, after do. a big show? But then You do, but then, like, two months later, they're saying, like, also, this show exists now and will be in Toronto. Do you want to buy a third ticket to an AEW show this weekend? Yes, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I think it was Brandon Thurston who tweeted it. Yes, he did. Okay. So, um, yes, collision in the Scotiabank Arena, which is the same arena that Forbidden Door is in um, the next night. Uh, I believe Forbidden Door has sold about 11,000 or 12,000 tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, collision is at, uh, in the same building, is at uh, 2,523 tickets. Oh, so they're just going to put everybody on the one side. Yep. They're going to have to. Um, yeah, Hamilton's at 883. Is the, <laughs> still is the Ooh. latest count. Uh, Regina, <laughs> Jenny's favorite, <laughs> 1353. And Calgary, 3501. Okay, so kind of a 
like a wave there. Yeah, and then back in Newark on July twenty second for with a uh, four thousand five hundred one sold so far. So the news is better in America um, for once. Uh, let's talk about the first match of the evening. They decided to kick things off with a TNT title match, and indeed, not only that, we got a title change as uh, Luchasaurus, with the help of Christian, beat Wardlow. As Wardlow is now a three-time ex-TNT champion. <laughs> and I cannot believe how ice-cold he feels at this point. Yeah. Oh, buddy. I want War Dog's energy to come back. I did really love seeing Christian heal it up and also be like, this is my title, basically. <laughs> like, just straight grabbed it from the ref before Luchasaurus could ever put a hand on it. Yes. And Luchasaurus doesn't, like, exactly feel hot, but... No. Christian's his manager, and he's the one. So, unfortunately, here's what happened. So, Jenny didn't get to see most of Collision. She had a girls' night in the neighborhood to go to, and she did. And she came home. She saw, like, the end of the main event, basically. And the plan was for us to get up this morning and watch and rewatch Collision. But as often happens with me and my DVR when AEW is launching a new show, oh, no. I forget to set the series record for it. <laughs> and because Megan and I watched it live last night, that didn't really matter. I was, you know, we were just watching, I was just watching the channel. Um, but, uh, and the on-demand version had not come up yet. So uh. what we did was we went to AEW's YouTube channel and they had like, I don't know, they had like six or seven mm -hmm. clips, including like, I think the full CM Punk promo. Yeah, I got to watch that. Um, and then like, a, and then like a, like, like a three minute highlight clip or I wouldn't highlight. It was like a, just like a three minute, you basically saw like the last three minutes of each match. Yeah. Okay. Um, so you got to see it that way. Yeah. Um, but what you didn't see was, uh, Christian at right after Luchasaurus won the title, grab the belt and celebrate like he just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. He climbed up on the turnbuckle. He held it up. He was like, yeah, my title. And then Luchasaurus kind of the doormat was just like get on my shoulders <laughs> and then christian sat on his shoulders and again held the title up above his head as if he had just fought and won wow i so i i would say like christian's the one kind of pulling the weight and like i, I don't think luchasaurus would be getting this push at all if christian wasn't no dragging him yeah. along because i don't think luchasaurus is at all interesting or People want to, like, watch him now that he's, you know. Evil. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, thank goodness for Christian. But, like, it, it's kind of sad. Like, it should be Christian's title. He's doing all the work. I mean, it is Jenny for all intents and purposes. <laughs> I think he's just going to sick Luchasaurus on people. And I assume if Luchasaurus ever loses, he's just going to steal the title and run away with it. Because. Yeah. You know. So, here's my new what I want to happen with this whole thing, because I talked to Justin today and Justin said, can you imagine if Jack realizes that Christian was right and admits that he is a piece of shit and the reunited evil Jurassic express sets out to kill hooks, dad. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that would be uh, freaking amazing. Um, watch out Taz, I guess, if that is the case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought this match sucked, but but uh, the, the, you know, seeing a title change is always fun. 
and uh, the big Christian celebration at the end made it worth it. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, after that, we get a promo with Powerhouse Hobbs, who announces that he is in the uh, Owen Hart uh, Classic Tournament. So that's, I think, our first official entry. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. Next up, Buddy Matthews versus Andrade El Idolo, the returning Andrade El Idolo. And man, these guys had a hell of a match. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. They they totally worked me, or at least Andrade did. I <laughs> thought he hurt his shoulder, um, but it turns out like he was just selling his shoulder and uh, and uh, Buddy was just selling his knee. And they're both fine. And they use the commercial break with the picture in picture period to have uh, medical professionals like come in and quote unquote check on them, <laughs> which is very smart because then you're not wasting any of your big moves during the commercial break. And then, you know, they were, they were ready to go just in time as the, as we came back from, from picture in picture. That was unlike how Rampage used their commercial break and had Will Ospreay <laughs> in the ring working. And it's like, why is and then he tagged out as soon as we yep. came back. <laughs> that yeah, that's a bad decision on their part. But yeah, the the medical break was perfect, and I didn't believe Buddy Matthews's knee was blown out. I did worry that Andrade's shoulder was hurt, um, the way he was like moving and holding it. But that they made me miss Andrade. I was like, oh, Charlotte's husband's here, hmm. and then was impressed once again and i'm sure yeah. once i see him wearing a suit backstage being a boss trying to buy little darby kids um i'll be right back on board i loved that <laughs> he's trying to buy darby how much you want for your boy <laughs> um the other the highlight of the match i thought was uh, aside from the work was andrade wore a uh, like a weird skull mask out to the ring and uh, Julia Hart was like very like into the spookiness of the ghoul, the the school mask, and tried to tried to get it. And he was like, "Get away from that!" <laughs> yeah. So uh, finishing stretch was Buddy put Andrade in uh, Rhea Ripley's uh, submission finisher, and he got out of that. And then Andrade put Buddy in Charlotte's submission finisher, and he got the submission victory with the figure eight. Uh, so that was fun. <laughs> So I, I did not realize that. Charlotte. <laughs> I didn't realize Rhea it last Ripley. night. I had to hear somebody else say it. Charlotte yeah, beat. Yeah. I also saw a sign in the crowd that said like something about like, sorry, buddy. Like, uh, buddy, it's funny, buddy, how Dami took your mommy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I believe that was the sign. So Andrade wins. Lights go out come back on house of black is in the ring and they beat him down so i think andrade is going to need a couple of partners to go after those trios titles now who do you think will be his partners well i mean he has a he has an ungovernable faction that he could that yep. he could turn to uh with roosh and preston vance and drillistico but uh i don't know i i i heard a rumor that's this could be some forbidden door action. You get Naito involved there for the old Los Ingobernables uh, connection and, and you do it that way. But we shall see. We shall see. 
Um, maybe it's not for that. Maybe it's just for like a big a big collision match in a couple weeks or something. Would Naito? I guess if he came for Forbidden Door, you said he tends to stay and work like a little while he's here. Because I was going to say, I assume Naito would be like not a permanent fixture here in America. Oh no, no, he he would come over for that show and then go back to Japan immediately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm saying like either he'll be at Forbidden Door or they'll just do an LFI versus House of Black trios match on an episode of Collision sometime. They'll fly him over for a collision. No, 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 LFI, Los Faction and Gobernable. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, Jose is about to lose control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, that's daddy's home, so. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to, he's going to have to pick up the iPad again. Uh, we got, no lie, in the year of our Lord 2023, a Scorpio Sky video package. <laughs> Uh, including him drinking red wine from a stimulus glass, Ooh. which I thought you would not be. Well, I guess red wine from a stimulus glass is okay, right? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. As long as you don't do that with white wine or champagne. Yeah. Um, and basically, like, it's like okay, we're we're getting gearing up for another Scorpio Sky singles push. I'm so excited. Okay, good. I love Scorpio Sky. Good. I'm I've glad. I missed him. And he's been hurt the whole time, or has he just been underutilized? Oh, no, he's, he's just... Been, he's been, like, in... I don't know if, like... I don't know if it was a Miro situation where they said, like, hey, we have this idea for you, and he was like, no, I don't like it. Um, I don't or, see him doing that. No, <laughs> Jenny won't allow it. I was just... I miss him. I'm I'm happy that now he has a show where he can actually get TV time. So good for him. Yeah, sure. Uh, following that, we got Tony Nice and... Uh, uh, Mark Sterling out and Tony Nice was saying that uh, well, he's going to lead the entire crowd in a workout because we all need it. Yep. And uh, <laughs> he's interrupted by Miro as uh, the Redeemer returns and uh, kind of like a, a little bit of an extended squash. Tony Nice got a couple of moves in, but uh, Miro took him out pretty, pretty easily. Was very yep. over. Yeah, I mean, people were hyped to see him back. He looks great, you know. Yes, he does. Yeah, I thought he—he's he's, he's like he's let like a, just a tinge of like a little bit of gray in his beard come in. It's kind of it's kind of a good look. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just my imagination or like his costuming was good, but he looks leaner. Like you know, he got I don't know maybe a little lean mean during his off time. Yeah. Uh, next up, Ruby Soho and Tony Storm. Take on Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale. Uh, Megan, what are your memories of this encounter? Um, I remember being like, oh, Sky Blue's mom's here. And turns out <laughs> she's actually from Chicago. So I was wrong last week when I said Washington, D.C. must be her hometown. Um, I believe Tony Storm got... Oh my god, I'm not recalling. I'm not recalling. I'm recalling a a time Ruby Soho's head hit the barrier and I thought she legit was going to have a concussion. That <laughs> springs forward in my mind. <laughs> I don't remember the exact sequence of how we got to Sky Blue winning, but she I did. Think, I think Sky Blue had one really cool um cool move that she did at the end and then she pinned Tony, right? She did, but I think there were shenanigans. Yes, uh, Tony was trying to use the spray, and she accidentally sprayed 
uh, Ruby, yeah, Ruby instead of Sky Blue or Willow Nightingale, whoever she was trying to spray. Willow took out Tony, and that allowed Sky Blue uh, space to hit the blinded Ruby Soho with her like her sunset flip move. And yeah. she got she actually got the big win in her hometown. And what has to go down as the biggest week of Sky Blue's career, getting a a women's title match on Dynamite and then getting a big win in a tag match on Collision. Yeah. Yeah. It was quite a night. I like that she and Willow coordinated their outfits. That was fun too. Um but yeah, good for Sky Blue. Yeah, I think very good for Sky Blue. Um we had another backstage little interview thing with uh, Ricky Starks and he is also entering the Owen Hart tournament. And my early prediction with only knowing two competitors is that <laughs> I think Ricky Starks will win the men's uh, Owen Hart uh, cup. Okay. Do we, do we know how many total men and women are entering? I believe last year it was eight each. So okay. I would expect about that this time too. Do we need another Ricky Starks push? I mean, his original push kind of didn't work out. Like, I don't. I, it just. I guess uh, Jenny's blaming that on him. <laughs> I mean, they kept sticking him up against the same people repeatedly, and it's like eventually you either have to win or lose or do something that moves it along. But it seems like he just got in a rut with like Bullet Club Gold. No offense, Bullet Club Gold. It. It's just. It took a while for that to resolve. Took a while. Um, yes, it did. Uh, next up, we have Jeff Jarrett announcing <laughs> that this week on Dynamite, he has signed for a concession stand brawl against Mark Briscoe, which is, um, he said it's 46 years to the day of his family promoting the infamous Tupelo concession stand brawl. He said, uh, no Karen, no Sanjay, no Satnam. It's just him and Mark. And uh, they're just going to they're gonna have a big brawl. So I wonder if it's going to be uh, like the uh, the Rhodes, the Nightmare Family inner circle brawl that involved, uh, what was it, um, the ice cream of the future? Oh, Dippin' Dip Dots. Dippin' Dots, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My question is, like, are they going to start them up in the concourse and just let them go wild? Or are they going to make them start in the ring and then, like, sprint to the concourse no no i don't know i'm intrigued though I, you know i continue to enjoy jeff jarrett as a character yeah i think this is going to be a weird one but but fun yeah um the acclaimed come out and uh max caster rap he mentions um trump stealing documents mm-hmm. and how everybody should wish uh daddy ass happy father's day Daddy ass dressed for the occasion. Daddy ass was wearing something. Uh, it was like a white outfit. Pink. It almost looked like pajama material, but it had pink and green, like neon green scissors sewn on it. And then he had the brightest pink shoes I've ever seen. Um, he was really rocking it. So they get in the ring. And do their promo, and the gist of it is that AEW now not only stands for Acclaimed Every Wednesday, it also stands for Acclaimed Every Weekend. And uh, so th- I think this is just their way of telling us, don't worry, there is no brand split. The Acclaimed will be on every show. <laughs> hey, I like it. That's fair. 
Well, there's probably a blaring split for some, some people. people. Yeah. I um I hope they're paying the people more <coughs> who, who are, are having to work twice as much. Yeah. I don't know that they are, but uh, I guess I don't know that they're not. So they should be. I, I don't know. It's very possible, but that the people that are got like you know a contract addendum or something. Yeah. Like, I think CM Punk did. Like, so we heard about, like, those legal things going back and forth. Yeah, because, like, everybody signed on when there was only, well, five, four shows? I don't know. The, I don't know where the YouTube one fits in the contract situation, but there wasn't a second. They, I, I, I doubt those were even part of the thing, you know, like, originally. Yeah. Um, Kevin Kelly did give us uh, some matches for the future. Uh, which is like he did not he didn't have to do the uh, the breathless Excalibur rundown of like <laughs> promoting three shows in a row because they actually believe it or not they did not announce any matches for next week's collision huh so I guess I may I mean I guess they could change their mind anytime they want but it seems like for the time being maybe the idea is you do the hard sell for the collision lineup on Wednesday on Dynamite which I mean there will be more people watching Wednesdays on Dynamite than Saturdays on Collision anyway. So I guess that makes sense. Oh, do we have those breakdowns? No. Um, so most weeks, that's those. The Saturday numbers are going to come out on Tuesdays. Okay. Um, but on this weekend, because it's a holiday weekend, it will not be until Wednesday. Okay. Yeah. I'm happy to have contributed to the numbers this time by watching live with you on the TNT app. Yeah, you did. You so. directly contributed. I, I thought, you know, let's start them out with as much viewership as possible. I will, I will not watch from the UK this week. There you go. This will, this will, I'm sure, be the uh, the most viewed episode ever of uh, Collision. So, just as to this day, the first episode of Dynamite is the most viewed episode ever episode of Dynamite. Hmm. Um, but anyway, the matches that he announced um, for Wednesday in Chicago. It's Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki are uh, teaming up again after they teamed up at Forbidden Door last year. Uh, they're going to take on AR Fox, Action Andretti, and Darius Martin. And we actually got highlights from Ring of Honor TV of that trio um, winning a match. Which, and I was talking, I was, you know, Meg and I were talking, and it was just like, I don't think we've ever seen ROH like television footage on uh, on AEW before. If we have, I do not remember it. This this struck me as unique. Like current ROH? Tel- yeah. yeah. I mean, they, that show happens every week on Thursday. And, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's on, it's on there. It's on Honor Club every week. Upwards of 12,000 people watch it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chris Statlander will defend the TBS title against Taya Valkyrie. Um, who has turned fully heel um, based on her promo on uh, on Rampage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Orange Cassidy and Katsuyori Shibata will team against Daniel Garcia and Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, the Guns will take on the Hardys. Uh, Jeff Jarrett and J- or Mark Briscoe have their brawl. And something that they did not explain. They just said a blind eliminator tag team tournament will take place to determine the number one contender for the AEW tag team titles. Yeah. What do you think this means, Megan? Blind my, eliminator. My only thought is that 
like maybe we won't get to know the brackets until after the full first rounds of matches. I'm hoping it's just all teams that have to like pull their names out of a hats. Oh, that would be good too. That would make more sense promo wise. Yeah. Like promotional. I want, to see, like, some, I want to see some enemies having to team up, but it's like, oh, but we have to put our differences aside because we could win the tag team titles. Yeah. Like they did with um the women's oh, I forget which belt it was. But they made some women pull some numbers out of a hat because I think Oh, that's right. Brandy and they did that Nyla time. teamed up. Um, no, it was Brandy and the Bunny. Oh, okay. Um, that's when TJ happened. Yes, that's when TJ happened. Nyla teamed up with Ariane Andrews. Oh, yeah. Who, like, showed up for for that. And, hasn't been seen yeah. since. That's right, they did do, they did do, a, like, a blind draw um, women's tag team tournament. You know what? I thought that thing was fun. I did, too. But, the, you know, they didn't refer to it as blind at the time, so... No. Hopefully that's what that actually does mean. Yeah, because I think that's fun. All right, and then in our main event of the evening, we've come to it already. CM Punk and FTR, uh, colloquially known as CMFTR. They have they have merch and everything. Uh, defeated Jay White, Juice Robinson, and Samoa Joe. Um, no points, if you guess who uh, ate the pen in this one. Um, but... This was like, I, I thought this match was really good. Um, I thought the highlight stuff was definitely when Joe and Punk were in there together. They teased a lot of stuff. They didn't give away too much. It's been it's been reported uh, that that is a big long-term program on Collision and, and probably spanning a couple of major shows to the, like a, a big Punk versus Joe feud. Which I'm into because we learn their history. They have not faced each other in the ring since 2005. That's right. This was the first time since 2005, and and it was it was it's wild because you know you know that era of Ring of Honor, 400, 500 people would go to those shows, and you had a building of 10,000 who seemed to know exactly what was going on when those two stepped into the ring against each other. So. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, FTR uh, hit the chatter machine on um, Juice, and then uh, that set up Punk to hit him with a go to sleep, and then we just get a big celebration at the end. No no angle, no, no nothing. They just, just went off the air with the baby faces winning. I guess it's like a feel-good way to end your first show, which you want. Now, is like right when the show ended, you and I were, you know, kind of chatting afterwards, and I said that I was surprised that there weren't more surprises on this show because I thought you'd want to you'd want to have a really memorable debut with some surprise stuff, and I thought you made a really good point, Megan, um, where you were just saying like, you know, maybe the idea is not so much to put on like this, like incredible blow away show out of the gates, but to kind of like, you know, like basically say like, this is equivalent to a dynamite. This is like, yeah. this is on the same level, you know, like this is what you're, this is what you can kind of expect every week. Yeah. Normalize it basically, because if you start acting like 
big surprises are the norm. You, you're going to run out of big surprises. Right. And like, and throwing in a big surprise on week one will set expectations. Yeah. But if you throw one out on like week four, that's okay. Right. Like, it's like, oh, cool. Like something surprising happened, but it didn't happen the first three weeks. So I don't expect it all the time. And yeah, you know, you know you're already going to get a pop on week one just for people to kind of see what it's like. So you don't need to like waste your big surprise for your numbers on week one because people are already tuning in. Right. Because it's like, OK, people are going to watch because of CM Punk. Mm-hmm. And we've we've already like, you know, things that could have been surprises, the returns of Miro and Andrade, they decided instead to promote those in advance. So, you know. So, you know, I have no problem with how they did it. And I thought it was I thought it was a good show. I thought it felt different than Dynamite. And I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm into it being like the uh not the rejects from Dynamite, but kind of maybe like the the rough around the edges people who get sent over to do their tour of collision and you know, maybe come back to Dynamite later or like stay on Collision. I don't know. Again, it's like the Australia of the AEW universe. Yeah. And, you know, so far, I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, unless either of you have any other things you'd like to say, I think that about wraps it for our first week of Collision coverage. So... For Jenny and for Megan, I'm Andy, and this has been another episode of the Elite Beat. E, Elite Beat. E, E, Elite Beat.